I mostly hang out with Raphael's and Donatello's in my old age. Not really trying to fuck with the other ones. I'm a Casey Jones guy myself. Well, that wasn't part of the discussion. We're all a little bit of Casey Jones. He's the, he's the id. Um, Marcus, do you like movies? Yes. Do you like do you like cold ones? I love cold ones. Why do you think we changed the name of our podcast? Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Suds and Buds, a friendship and beer podcast where the Guinness is warm and the hosts are cold and as sour as a freshly poured Berliner Weiss. How you feeling today, pal? I was in a meeting at work the other day, <laughs> and I just thought about that, and, and I was trying not to smirk. It was very funny. You know, just, just uh, you know, we're going out tonight. Having a cold one tonight, that's and, for sure. Uh, and uh, I've, I've brought some I brought some stuff so I can buy a cold one. Nice. I'm going nice. to have a cold one tonight. Nice. I might, I might have two. I'm definitely having one, and I'm having a hot duck sandwich. I know that much. It's a great combo. Yeah, also, um, the majority of ducks that we eat are male, and ducks are male ducks are evil rapists, so fuck them. Oh, nice. I'm going to eat the shit out of this eat one, Eat the then. shit out of these oh, ducks. Man, I'm going to enjoy it more than I was enjoying it before. You really were enjoying it, though. I was. Um, speaking of enjoyment, um, yes. last Wednesday, I got out of work early. Mm-hmm. And I decided to catch a, 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 you know, like a $5 movie. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And? Oh, I was just going to end there. End of the show. <laughs> All right, that's Bye, it. guys. <laughs> I have a hot date. Yeah. And a hot apricot. Um, and a cold one to drink. <laughs> a cold one. I went, I, I went to see The Dark Tower. And then I went home and I, I ate a bunch of chicken wings and watched... Lemon pepper chicken wings and watched. Those are good ones. Oh, they're the best. Were they like kind of crispy-ish? Yeah. Well, That's I the only I way to do it. I get them, and then I and then I crisp them up. Oh, even better. And add the lemon pepper. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, and then watched uh, Okja mm-hmm. and Moana. Nice. That's a cool like triple bill. So it's an amazing triple bill. Well, I've only seen two of the three, but it's still a cool. Yeah, I don't think you saw Dark Tower. No. So I won't I won't go too deep into it. Um, the movie is pretty much hated by everybody. Oh, see, I've been that much in the dark. I have video. No, it's it's got and and as someone who's read the books and loves the books, they definitely missed a lot. Mm. You know, there's like a a black revolutionary lady with with uh, no legs who has double personality disorder. Hmm. There's a there's a heroin addict revolutionary. There's a there's a there's a there's a sentient train, you know. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that were missed, mm-hmm. and uh, it definitely got like it was like a less creepy The Professional. Oh okay. But with oh. sci-fi fantasy vibes. Okay. And and unlike the non-director's cut of The Professional, no overt, uh, you know, sex with children. Yeah. I remember uh, real quick when I worked at the video store and this like special edition of Fifth Element the Professional came out. This was 2004. One of my coworkers at the video store totally misheard me and I was saying how when the Professional came out, I went, "Oh, I had such a crush on Natalie Portman." And then she goes, "That's sick." Cuz I was like 22 at the time and I was like, "No, I said when it came out. Where the- she's older than me." So like that's what I meant. I didn't mean like now I didn't mean then at 22 watching like a young Natalie Portman and then she like it just made me feel really awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, when when I was but 6 that's not what I said. when I was 6 I had a crush on Drew Barrymore and ET. Yeah, well, when I was 6. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. Um, you know, R- Drew Barrymore now age, I think she's a mom and like they'll just be like, you know, I'm sure she's very beautiful. Yeah. I wonder uh, if we can uh I wonder if she can get Tom Green on our show. Yeah, maybe then we can finally discuss oh. Freddy Got Fingered in a way where our episode doesn't get erased three uh, times. Three times. I'm going to have to call Drew Barry. Drew, I'm going to call you up. I know you're listening. Maybe you can... Because uh, they're still amicable. Like, they're still they're still friends. You'll so. be the real Dr. Drew. Yeah. Not the MTV doctor that causes people to die because they Oof. like to show off people's plight of addiction. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I was just thinking too. Maybe we can do a follow. Maybe we can get Drew Barrymore on the episode. She could talk about her cameo. Um, and she's great. I would, yeah. I would, Drew Barrymore. I'd love to have you on the show. 
you you're, you've produced movies, you've directed movies, you've acted in movies, you've had a, a long career. <laughs> you acted in Charlie's Angels I'm with just um <laughs> what? The scene and Freddie got fingered when she's like, Who are you? My, my name's my, my name's Quincy. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny to me. <laughs> Such a random name to throw out there. I'm Quincy. But yeah. Yeah, you 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 were in Charles Charlie Angels with um Crispin Glover, who I'm gonna bring up later. Okay. I am gonna bring up the crispy. He's a little okay. bit. <laughs> He's an interesting fellow. So yeah, I just um, I I wish I wish the Dark Tower was actually made in the '80s when it would have been really difficult to pull off. Sure. And would have had uh you know Excalibur level or or Zardos level special effects, and it would have been great. You think? Yes. Okay. Or enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I think. Shout out to John Borman. I think people, yeah. I mean, I love him. And I love Zardos, like, yeah. and and Excalibur, unironically. And I think a lot of people, you know, there's this idea of like the unfilmable book film, film. Yeah, film. Um, and and you know what? Who cares? Just make movies and see what happens. Sure. Uh, I didn't. Li- I didn't dislike it. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cried a little bit. I laughed a little bit. They have this, you know, they have this tagline in the book and in the movie. Where it's like you don't want to forget the face of your father. It's like mm. that's a really interesting insult, especially like in America. You've forgotten the face of your father. Yeah. Or, or I wish the movie was made by like Ralph Bakshi on some like oh wow Lord of yeah. the Rings shit. I yeah, think yeah, that yeah, yeah. Been, uh, that would have been cool, super cool, actually. Yeah, super. I, cool. I feel like if you make Lord of the Rings, you can make Dark Tower. You can make an ambitious Stephen King. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm not. I'm not even really trying to hate on the super long ass Lord of the Rings movies. I just prefer the Ralph Bakshi versions because mm-hmm. I just like that style. I like that dirty because it felt like New York City, but it was in Third Earth or wherever it is. Yeah, Middle, Middle Earth. Earth. Third, I saw. Um, I saw Third the... Earth is uh, isn't Third Earth? That's fucking Thundercats. Third Earth. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. I just know Panther was the black guy. Yeah. I went and saw. And he, used, um... he used to be a skinhead. What? Yeah. Oh. A non-racist. Oh, black okay. Skinhead. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I saw the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings at Nighthawk Cinema with a live band playing, a live heavy metal band. It was really, really, really cool. I don't really like heavy metal music, but with that movie, it worked really well. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could say a lot about heavy metal, mm-hmm. but I won't. Please don't. Yeah. And then I watched Okja. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, one of one of our beloved fans of the show, Javier Bontello, I think mm-hmm. his last name is, mm-hmm. pointed out to you that like, oh, this could have been like a Pixar movie or something. Yes, I also think it could have easily been a family movie. Just take out the swearing. There's, I don't know why it yeah. bothers me. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I swear a lot. There's just something. I'm really big on like true. Fa- There's not a lot of family movies. Most family movies are just kid movies. Like. Not so much in disguise, but I'm talking like 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 an Incredibles, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, like safe PG, where like literally any age can enjoy it. And I think of, maybe not like a three year old, but I think like a real cer- PG. certain certain age, like a five or a six year old, could watch that movie and um, along with their father, and they both enjoy it. Or mother, sorry, or parent, whatever, and enjoy it equally. Way to be patriarchal. Marcus. No, you just said father, so it was like stuck in my head. Um, I just think they, they missed a big opportunity for it to just be like a true family movie and appeal to like all audiences, I, I think. Because it had the globalization, you know, it had characters from all over the world, a lot of eth- ethnicities, and I think that would have been kind of cool as well. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> I think, I think... That damn swearing, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, the, the film, the, 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 the swearing and some of the unnecessary, precocious, like, um, precious stuff like Jake Gyllenhaal and um you mean the Chris Tucker of that movie? Yo. The Ruby Rod of uh, He was of he Okja. was he was too much and Tilda Swinton was just like eating the furniture. Man, I feel like I've said this before, but again, I just need more filmmaker. I get it. Tilda Swinton does not look uh I don't know what the term is. She has a unique look. And that's a compliment, but I think a lot of times they just she just plays a caricature. She plays like a a thing too often in movies instead of like a person. 
Yeah, and that's I, just be, just put her in makeup, put her in a cool wig, and and there you go. And it just it's, it's a what, little tired. What's the name of the director? Huh? Oh, jeez. Let me uh, actually, I want to just look it up. I mean, he just like he makes like these eco sci-fi morality tales, right? Sure. Like uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Which? Oh, yeah, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Sorry. Like I feel like they're like that. Like Snowpiercer, it was almost great. But it lost it lost something in the, yeah. it lost yeah it just you just like, described it perfect yeah like it, ah, it was got, almost yeah it almost worked the the well it worked but it was almost great right Let me it was almost great that. like the the ending the ending of this was just like a little too um, satisfying in certain ways mm-hmm. and there's like they're in so it's about this this gigantic pig who's like the size of an elephant yeah. named Okja who has a beautiful relationship with a young Korean girl in Korea um, this this evil corporation has made these super pigs in a way to try to feed people and they've sent them to 26 farmers to see how to make like the best most eco-friendly meat and then there's like this the, the animal liberation front is in there and it's just like it was like a little too Wes Andersonian or something it, ha- it had his moments it had moments yeah moments and I, <coughs> yeah, I just feel like I feel like it missed it missed something you know it missed something from being truly great and I do agree with you that was just a little bit less swearing and a a, a better idea of what the enemy was because who was the enemy greed hunger these people Jake Gyllenhaal, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it Paul Dano, uh, to a certain extent, I, I didn't really like him or, or or his approach. I had a problem with him. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's also got like he just has like a weird face and like <laughs> he has a weird lot of stuff. He has weird manner. I think he's a guy, and I don't because he's in a lot of stuff that that you know that that that, that I like. Yeah, I like just that think movie he, where the dude's dating a porn porno star and they make a porno in the school in the school. Oh, hot something, hot chick, hot girlfriend or something. Hot chick, yeah, hot chick? yeah, the hot chick, the hot chick, or the girl next door, the hot chick. I know whatever. I know the movie you're talking about, but also like you know, twelve Legendary. years, of, twelve years a slave, uh, Meek's cut off. I just think he's one of like he has such an appreciation for the craft of acting. Like sometimes he tries too hard that like I'm gonna have mannerisms in this movie where it's like transparent that you're trying too hard. Or just like be a little more nat- nat- natural. Not that he's an unnaturally good actor. I just think he tries to have ticks like the greats before him. You, you know what I mean? So I could be you know talking out of my ass, but that's just kind of how I-, I feel when I see him act sometimes. It's okay, dude. Yeah. But <laughs> the the star of that movie of that night was Moana. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that movie so much. Yeah, it's good. Great, actually. Yeah, it's great. As far as like a non-Pixar Disney movie, mm-hmm. it's one of the best they've had in a long time. Um, the music was great. The story, you know, just about like trying to find yourself and like get getting too caught up in in other what other people want you to do. Yeah. And you know, as as a New Yorker, I'm a fourth generation New Yorker. Mm-hmm. My family has never left here since they got here. Mm-hmm. You know, the this idea of like the fear of leaving this island, New York City. Brooklyn is geographically located on Long Island. Manhattan is an island. It just it 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 hit me so hard. Sure. I may have made a cover of the song How Far I'll Go. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how how true that is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I you know the biggest thing for about uh, Moana for me too it's like <clears throat> the ethnic makeup you know of, of that movie oh right the rock was in it like Pacific Islanders playing Exa- Pacific Islanders exactly because you know uh, sometimes sometimes it's very problematic but I, you know for the most part prior to maybe in recent times but you know though like Pacific Islanders in terms of like mainstream media. Professional wrestling really is kind of like it, its its biggest like, and what makes it even more crazy is that, not just in some long drawn out way, a lot of the Pacific Islanders that we know who are professional wrestlers are all related in some way. From you know, they're all related to the <clears throat> Rock's pop. 
The uh, uh no grandfather. Grandfather. The Rock's father was was the black guy. He's Rocky Johnson. But the Rock's mother, who you know, also the Rock's grandfather, because Rock's third generation. But like you see now in wrestling, Roman Reigns, that's the Rock's cousin. The Usos, those are the Rock's cousins. Yokozuna, that was the Rock's cousin. Yokozuna was was Hawaiian. Samoan. Samoan. Yes, Yokozuna is as <clears throat> well, maybe not as Japanese as you and me, but Yokozuna was not Japanese. No. Yeah, I no, I'm, I'm, I would. Uh, he's closer, but I'm just saying Pacific, he's not from a, me. A Pacific yeah. Island person, yeah. a Pacific Islander, is way more Asian. I'm just and by yeah. of course way, that's why I stopped myself. I'm just saying he is not he is not the the, the race that that he he portrayed, and a lot of know, people it, it surprises uh, a lot of people. Yeah, his his face heel turn was just something that brought me so much joy. Sure. Because I just always felt that he was that he was <coughs> that he was misunderstood. Yokozuna, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. When he became a good guy. Rest ba- in peace. Rest in peace also because behind the scenes, one, he was known he was a uh, one of Undertaker's closest friends. They had a back uh, a backstage crew called the Bone Street crew. Lover he loved this has been verified by so so many people, loved DJ Quick. He only only listened to traditional like super West Coast music. All the wrestlers would talk when they would take their little road trips or something. He was all about Compton's Most Wanted, DJ Quick. Sugar Free. Do, sugar f- absolutely Sugar oh Free, Dog God. Pound. That's like all he listened to. The and idea, and it's, over and the, over, it's verified so The idea so of him like listening to like all those, you know, because Sugar Free would do these joints with like a pen and a table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sugar Free, uh, led, legendary, legendary West Coast rapper that people don't really... It, it doesn't get more West Coast than yeah. Sugar Free. Gonna, also, gonna kick it like I'm used to it. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. He, um... There's another great story. Also, Yokozuna. So, I don't know if you know the wrestler Haku. Another Pacific Islander. Yeah, but he's from... On. But he's not Samoan. He's, um... He's Tongan. And, um... What about Crush? <clears throat> he's, he's Hawaiian? Crush? Crush? Crush is a white guy. That dude is a white guy? If we're talking, like, Crush. Crush. What, what else? Crush. Legion of Doom. Crush. Uh, no. Um... The Legion of Doom uh, knockoffs. Demolition. That, was he not in the Legion of Doom? No, I'm pretty sure Crush the Road was... Warriors were Legion of Doom. Animal and Hawk were but the Legion of Doom. There are other people in the Legion of Doom. No, you're getting. Oh, you're thinking Dungeon of Doom. That Maybe. was the, that, that was a stable in WCW headed up by Kevin Sullivan. With the Legion of Doom? No, Legion of Doom were the Road Warriors. They were just a tag know, team of two white I, guys. I know the Road Warriors. Yeah, the Road... but there was there was like a larger Legion. No, you, you, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think you're thinking of the Dungeon of Doom. No. Well, because Legion of Doom and the Road Warriors were the same people. There was always two of them. Crush, but Crush was a replacement in the, in Demolition. And Demolition would knock off Legion of Doom. All right. So, but all, all I was saying was one time Yokozuna paid uh, Haku's family's uh, electric bill because there's a, this unglamorous side to wrestling. And Haku didn't make a lot of money uh, at certain points. Unglamorous? <clears throat> It, it, yeah. You couldn't list all the wrestlers that have died in the past 10 years in one breath. Yeah. But basically, Yokozuna was who was a champion for a while. Yokozuna drew a lot of money. He made he made good money, and he and Haku didn't come to him. Yokozuna just happened to overhear uh, Haku talking to his wife on the phone. He was on the road, not making much money, and his wife had called him, and she was just like, "Me and the kids, we don't have any power, we don't have any electricity. What are we gonna do?" Yokozuna just came by while he was still on the phone. He was like, "Hey, man, I, I got it. Don't worry about it." And he took care of it the next day, and so that's the kind of guy he was. Love DJ Quick. He helped his friends out. He was a locker room general. He was respected. And for his size, everyone said whenever you wrestled Yokozuna, it was like a night off. Because he did all the... When, like, you'd go to body slam him, he would do it himself. He, he, was a, he, was a, he would maneuver himself. He, he, was, you, a, he remember, was a great wrestler. Do you remember when he sumo wrestled Typhoon or Earthquake? earthquake or ty, yeah. Tug, tug, tugboat Tim? No, you're, you're confusing two people. Tugboat, who was also the Shockmaster, was one guy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Tugboat was Shockmaster. His tag team partner was, yeah, was Earthquake. Earthquake. John Tenta, who, who actually was a legit was a uh, sumo, wrestler. sumo wrestler. Yeah. And well, he, he wasn't very good, No, but he because he was it. a white guy doing it, he was on a lot of cover of magazines and stuff because he was like this, this attraction, but yeah. He but, got, and he, <clears> that, that, that story got a lot of people upset, that beat. Yeah. But Pacific Island Pride, though, I think, long story short, is is a big part of why I like Moana because I like the idea of, and there's nothing wrong, and this and this goes outside of being a person of color. Like 
you have that Italian American pride, you have Jewish pride, you have German pride. Like that's awesome. So, but I do like the fact that there could be a young Pacific Islander kid looking and going like, "Hey, you know, that looks like me." Because I understand a lot of times like the whole idea of brown people get grouped into one. Yeah. <clears throat> and to some degree that's fine because in certain situations if you're brown, you're brown and we're all in this together. But sometimes it's nice to have like pride in 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 who you are specifically so it's like yeah brown people like black people latinos whoever get grouped in but sometimes it's like like that one scene in the movie baywatch that i didn't see mm -hmm. where the rock was saying to that that white actor who was trying to say what are you what are you giving me a hard time because i'm tan yeah you know with the black police officer and the rock is like no yeah there's also the scene where he says you people he's like you don't get to say that's what i'm talking about oh okay 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 yeah okay I, cool. I don't remember things correctly. Sure. That's so yeah. uh, sometimes it's nice, like, because I remember movies that I thought sucked being good or, <laughs> you know, opposite. I'm not going to go too deep into that. <clears throat> but I made you see a movie. Yeah. I want to say one more thing before we get into this, because I, when I tweeted, I tweeted something at, at, at Dave Batista once, another uh, wrestler of color that gets overlooked. And then someone retweeted me and said they need to make, because this goes back to The Rock, someone needs to make a movie where The Rock and Batista are rival soccer dads. And I was just like, I'm in. I'm in, I'm in for that. Like, yeah, like, I'm in. <clears throat> and, you that know, would be amazing. You know, many, many of you guys might not know this, but, but I'm a musician. I'm a musician first and foremost. I've scored movies. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our visitor who's been here twice in Tumegan, I've scored all of his work. I would I would love to score a movie about you know Batista and The Rock playing rival soccer dads, especially because I think comedy is so poorly scored sometimes. It's all like a variation. It's still a variation of that kind of shit. And I'm just not really into it. Yep. So when I went to see Stalker at the um, Lincoln Center Film Society, mm-hmm. my friend who uh, who works there who who. I'm going to have on the show soon to like, because I think it would be interesting to talk about the ins and outs of like running an art house cinema in the current day. Yeah. You know, because we, 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 we don't hate on any movies, but we certainly do like art house cinema. There's no question of that. Sure. And, and he was like, you have to see this movie called Bye Bye Monkey. Yeah. Which was a 1978 mm-hmm. film. It's a, it's takes place in New York. It's directed by uh, Marco, Marco Ferrari. 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 Sorry. Uh, starring Jared Darpardu, Marcel Mastrioiani, James Coco, and Geraldine Fitzgerald, and he was like, "But the main reason is that it was shot by Luciani, Luciano Tavoli, who shot Suspiria." Mm-hmm. And uh, in his words, this rad Pialat film called Police. <clears throat> yeah, Maurice Pialat. Yeah, we've talked about yeah. him on the show. Yeah, uh, many times. Which is another Gerard Depardieu collaboration. Correct. Yeah. So, so I I could go on about it, but so th- basically, it takes place in in late seventies New York City in a post apocalyptic New York City. Yeah, very more, sparse. When when um there was still like beachside in Manhattan, there was still like sand, and Gerard Darbardu works like a weird museum, and he dates a girl who's in a who's in a feminist play group. And there's a and and he on the beach one day finds the corpse of King Kong. Yes, washed aside like almost. I got a, I got some cool side by sides coming, but like almost like the end of Planet of the Apes in reverse, almost to some yeah. degree. Yeah. I mostly wanted you to see this movie for the side by side potential. Well, you there's there's there, there's a lot. But also, I just wanted, you know, it's like a weird oddball movie. I just want people to see it because it's got some, you know, if you like. If you like the the cinematography of old New York, it's really good. And he yeah he finds the corpse of King Kong just washed aside, and in King Kong's arms is is his baby monkey. Yeah. And he uh, yeah no all of this is real, and it was a written script, and they decided to make this movie. Yeah. And there's there you know it's 1978 so there so like there's definitely some weird problematic stuff with with. Uh, the feminist uh, acting troupe. Just the fact that like rape is taken kind of like lightly. It's kind of like, yeah. hey, rape! Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, it's like, ah! So, uh. so I will say, I do want to say, you know, um, 
if you decide to see this movie, um, trigger warning, there's a very strange dismissed uh, female to male rape. Yeah. And um, a very indicative of what a male-centered film in the 70s would view on these sort of things. Yeah. And he uh, he be- he becomes the father of this monkey. Yeah, and yeah. Don't want to say too much because you, you can... Um... There's just a scene towards the end of this movie that made me want to put my hands in my pocket and just go for a walk by myself. I just wasn't expecting it. And or can we talk? I mean, I feel like 1978. It's like this is what I'm going to say. Like anything we talk about, like if we give away the ending, which I think we're going to do. I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, every time you watch a remake of Romeo and Juliet, you know what's going to happen. Very true. So, what is beautiful and interesting about this movie? Is the performance, is the acting, is the cinematography is... The cinematography is just really, really wonderful. Yeah, there's a... um, When I was watching it, too, I I made a mental note. I wanted to recommend, if it's a movie you haven't seen yet... Have you seen this movie called uh, Letters from Home? I think so. News from Home. Jesus, I'm sorry. News from Home. I think so, but... It's by Chantal Ackerman. It sounds... It sounds um, familiar. Well, the reason why I thought of it is because I love... So, the idea of um, <clears throat> of being a... Leaving your home country. Like, the whole idea of being an expat is such, like, an American thing. Like, oh, the American goes here. But I, I also like the idea of, like, European... The story of Europeans in New York City... You know, not not and this not here. Like, oh, we're trying to escape this political uh, such and such. It's like we're just here, and this is where we live. But we're European. You have French people. You have Italians, and that's what uh, news from uh, news from home is. It's Chantal Ackerman, who's Belgian, and it's kind of like her kind of visual diary of living in New York City. Um, sort of like the '90s film Earth Hurts with David Arquette and Alex Desca. What? How? Oh, oh, my cat seen it. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes, I have seen that movie. Yeah. Guys. Who directed that? I believe what's uh John John Sales. John Sales definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so if you can find Underrated chemistry. Under- you wouldn't think, you know, we were talking about wrestling earlier, David Arquette, former WCW world champion. <laughs> Seriously. In, in what um, many argue uh, destroyed WCW. Yeah, it, it's one of the top five things. Him My, and Scott Kahn, right? Like, <laughs> the top, top three. Yeah, they, they were... No, the- Scott Kahn had nothing to... No, outside of the movie, it was just David Arquette. Scott Kahn wanted nothing to do... He wasn't He wasn't Scott doing the wrestling was stuff. too busy... R- he he uh, wasn't rap- on that night Rapping with Alchemist. Hey, this was post-Hooligans. Uh, I know. Um, no, but apparently I did read in an article that like occasionally Scott Conn will show up and and has bars. Really? Yeah, Still? like like in in Alchemist's lab is a Scott Conn um, action Bronson song where apparently Scott Conn has the better verse. Okay, I'm not making this up. Okay, no, no, no. I'm I, I'd like to hear that. <clears throat> I've always I'm I've been a little infatuated with that whole L.A. scene. They all seem to know each other, hang out. Alchemist Studio seems to be like the centerpiece with like yeah. Schoolboy, a lot of the Odd Future guys. But but let's not get off on on on, on that. I um yeah, I've been listening yeah um been listening to a lot of Blue and uh, Homeboy Sandman lately. Nice, very nice. Homeboy Sandman and Aesop Rock just released another Lice EP. That's that's good. And Quali Chris has a song on there. Speaking of Aesop Rock. He had a new album come out recently, which I had no idea. He did the score for Brook, uh, for Bushwick, the Batista film. Oh, really? Yeah, he did the score. Yeah, it's um. How is it? Uh, I'm gonna put it on my phone before we head out later, and we'll listen to it in the car. Um, the the score or the... the score, like music. There's no rapping. It's it's, it's a score. Because I because I know he he came out with like a rap album this year or last year. Last year, the last Impossible year. Kid. The Impossible Kid. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah, he's a great rapper. Yeah, and he's a underrated producer. I, I think uh, I, under- I was one of the guy, when Bazooka Tooth came out. I was one of the guy from the jump. I was like, no, I like this. It's like him and Blockhead at the end of the day are an amazing team. But sometimes, sometimes I'm a guy. I like people to stay in their lane. But every once in a while, I like when some people deviate. And 
Bazooka Tooth was was that. Yeah, so. no, I actually, yeah, I don't. I thought Bazooka Tooth was very interesting. It was very mm-hmm. angry. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like that. But, but the thing is, while we're on Aesop Rock, I think it's a really good sequitur to the next movie. I think we're probably going to talk about. <clears throat> sure. But you, I know you wanted to talk about the end of of uh, Bye Bye Monkey. Yeah. So at the end um, of the film, <clears throat> if you want to fast forward, maybe five minutes and then watch it and come back whatever the the monkey that Gerard de, de, de Pardieu takes in and essentially adopts and treats you know as his own son he comes to his home to find that these rats because they're in New York there's lots of rats here have eaten and killed his monkey and one it's like the monkey in this film is very I mean I'm sure you know monkeys in, in person seem very annoying and whatnot but in movies, the monkeys, especially this monkey, seem very cool and cute and nice. So, for him to die, especially the way he did, to be torn apart by rats, is really tough. But it's Gerard Depardieu's response and his action when coming home to, to not... It's one thing to like not expect something. I, I have a, a... I'm a cat parent. He's, he's hanging out in here with us right now. So it's one of those things where you come home and like if you see that he shat somewhere, peed somewhere, you're like, oh, damn it, like you weren't expecting it. But to come home and see your pet son killed and this, like, cry that he lets out, it's very, like, it, it affected me. Because, like Scott was basically saying earlier, this is a very weird movie and I don't you don't really know how to think. It's like one minute you're laughing, the other minute you're like, wait a minute, this isn't uh, politically correct. But... No, it's mad <clears throat> politically yeah. not correct. And then, but then to come and see, like, he comes, he closes his door, he's just kind of... It's like any day when you come home and then you see your, your pet you know, dead, it's like, holy shit, you know what I mean? So, so that, so it affected me. And like I said, I wanted to just kind of go for a walk and just clear my head. Uh, and, and then, very sad. and then he, uh, oh yeah, and then there's more. Kills himself in a fire. Yeah. With his boss. Yep. And then, um, there's the, the actress, uh, uh, has his child and they're dancing <clears throat> on the beach. In a very, very... See, I don't want to give away... You know what? I'm going to do these side-by-sides tonight when I have free time because I don't want people to listen and then copy me. But what uh, being John Malkovich-esque ending where the final scene, it's like this... Well, in John Malkovich, it's two women, but the whole... And they're by the water. One's a pool, one's a beach. But, like, mother and, and, and daughter... Mother and... Yeah, daughter and child hanging out by the water. Like, the ending of Bye Bye Monkey reminded me of the very ending of being John Malkovich. And the way that the camera... The camera is very voyeuristic at the end of Bye Bye Monkey. Yeah. Just like it's literally voyeuristic in literally, um in yeah. being John Malkovich because you have John Cusack in the head of this of the daughter like watching uh Catherine Keener. <clears throat> so <clears throat> And also like you know, I was thinking about that movie and I was like walking over the Brooklyn Bridge the other day. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about the poem The Brooklyn Bridge by Vladimir Mayakovsky. I don't know that. Do you mind if I read it? No. If ever the end of the world should arrive and chaos, chaos sweep off the planet's last ridge with the only lonely thing to survive towering over debris, this bridge, then, as out of a needle-thin bone museums rebuild dinosaurs, so futures geologists from this bridge alone will remodel these days of ours. Huh. You're a well-read guy. I say that because sometimes I feel a little uh, exposed because I read a lot of books, but it's literally... I may be on the spectrum. They're only about movies. Like, I don't really deviate when I read about stuff. So it's like when uh, I see you with all these uh, different books, I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. If ever you want me to lend you books, I can lend you books. Sure. Um, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, also, like, my... My interest in books up until last year mm-hmm. was just fiction and uh, political science, mm-hmm. like manifestos or thoughts. Sure. And like most history is really difficult for me, just like documentaries. Yeah. Like I just, I need it to be presented in a certain way. And I've only revisited poetry because of, you know, Patterson and studying poetry in school and just uh, really amazing poetry being around. Like a friend of, of myself and Cavalier and uh, the our world, Aja Monet, who just who who um, 
who did a poem to start off Cavalier and I's album called The Offering. Um, she just came out with a collection. But yeah, so like Vladimir, Vladimir Mayakovsky was this really dope futuristic uh, Soviet poet who uh, was here for a little while, but he went back to Russia and he kind of just, he, he killed himself. He shot himself in the heart, if I remember correctly, because mm. he, he kind of like found himself face down in the mainstream to uh, mm. to quote the Dundon family, you know, because he was very um, he was very socialist and mm -hmm. he sided with Stalin. But as as siding with that movement became something that he could no longer do. And there was just such the Gestapo was like just not really feeling a lot of art. He, mm -hmm. he, he regretted it. But I felt like you were about to say something. No, just in the realm of poetry. I can't remember. Have I recommended the movie Henry Fool to you? Several times. <clears throat> oh, have you watched it yet? Um, I just I just received my Academy screener. Okay, because um, yeah, it's one. It's like yeah, I like that. It's about a, a very talented poet, although he's a garbage man from Queens, sure. and it turns out he has a talent for poetry. And there's a lot of a lot of other stuff I, happens, I and it's a, the first in a trilogy of yeah, movies. No, so. I, ha I I have I have um Academy screeners of all three. Awesome. And um. No, I, I've decided because of your love for Hal Hartley that I was going to get into him. I just, you know, I watch four to five movies a week. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, there's never a time where it's like less movies to watch. It's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so, Aesop Rock. Yeah. Wonderful rapper, gigantic champion for Bus Driver. He is. They've collaborated on not even so much their own albums, but they've both appeared together on other people's albums. Uh, and he had, he's, yeah. he's a stand-in for most of his tours, Bus Driver. Yeah, they, yeah. They ASAP Rock is, is more popular. Yeah. Um, but he makes... Like, I like that ASAP Rock, while... Rob in, Sonic. Well, I was going to get there. Yeah. So he's more popular than Rob Sonic and Bus Driver, but like he loves those guys so much, and and arguably got a lot of his influence from Bus Driver and and definitely Rob Sonic. Yeah, and make sure that they're on his tours. I think that's dope as hell. Um, Bus Driver showed up in a movie that that we both saw this week. A movie that I like very very much. <clears throat> um, but that's not to say that I don't have stuff to comment like criticisms of. But what was so, the, what was the movie called? Kuso. Who uh, who is the director? Flying Lotus. What? The 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 musician? Yes. Blood cousin of Alice Coltrane? Yep. Yeah. He made a movie? He did. He had and, and he'd been testing the waters, like he early, before he had directed some of his music videos. Some and, and that kind of makes sense given how Kuso looks and some of the special effects and the gross uh, stuff, some of Flying Lotus's last few music videos. Uh, you can see where he was kind of working towards something, and I think Cuso is ultimately what he was <clears throat> working towards. And I have to explain, I did not want to see it, because outside of just the movie reviews and people who were championing it, Flying Lotus himself, at any Q&A, any interview, he made a point to constantly say, I wanted to make the most disgusting movie ever. So when I kept reading, when the only thing... That I kept reading about this one movie is oh it's supposed to be gross it's supposed to be disgusting it's like you know what I'm not 14 I don't care if that if that's your main selling point I'll get around to it but I'm not gonna rush to seeing it and I don't know oh I think <laughs> I think ultimately what what got it for me I was like I was scrolling Twitter and then I saw the the poster and then it was first of all I was like I noticed bus driver was on the poster I was like wait bus driver bus drivers in this and then I saw the other people who were involved like a modern dancer you know, Lexington Steel. <laughs> had a great, 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 great legendary scene. Legendary scene. I want to be a, not Well, I'm glad that you've seen that this movie. So I so when I want to drop the line, I, I can still see you because there's a part where Lexington Steel drops knowledge basically, and then he does like a smoke bomb, but then he just slowly walks away and like he doesn't disappear like a ninja like you're supposed to when you drop a smoke bomb. Um, but he, yeah, I think he has a double mate, double degree in history. He's he's really smart. The no, man, the, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a smart wow. dude. Wow. George Clinton was really great. George Clinton was excellent. Um, in it. So you want to cry like a bitch, huh? 
You're gonna cry like a bitch. I really. Oh, oh. What was that last song? I really like that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's. Uh, um, may I say a couple things? Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I do hate, and we've talked about this, like when a, a director shows up and you start, you immediately start comparing other things. That being said, I immediately seen that movie, like got some like satiricon vibes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like a lot. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, to go back, I said that I was going to bring back this this guy earlier. Um, uh, what is it? It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. But what's his face? Crispin Glover. Chris, Crispin um, Glover. He's you know Crispin Glover made two or three. Very um, avant-garde. Yeah, he made three. One, one of which we have yet to see. But right. um, it's fine. Everything is fine. And what is it? Uh, both got released. Put out by IFC Films. Yeah. Uh, I went to go see both of them at a special thing where Crispin Glover read from his book, introduced it, did this whole thing. But sorry, go ahead. No, we've. So I'm glad that we've seen both. We've both seen these movies. Yeah. And I think you know they're they're similar. That they're like grotesque. Displays with some beauty, yeah. um, even like you know a movie that we love to talk about on the the podcast. Even though we have issue with the director, we've got some trash humpers, got Groove Tube, mm-hmm, uh, Tales mm-hmm. from the Crypt, mm-hmm. like UHF. Also, very very much so, and because he makes a camp. Well, not a, he makes an appearance, Mr. Tim Heidecker. That's a very yeah. Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, my, Tim and my, Eric. My, my, big, my biggest problem with the movie is Tim Heidecker's part. What? Yeah. I showed you... I I played my friend your mixtape. Yeah, it's fire, right? Like, you don't... I like that. He's this desperate guy who's like... Uh, who has a crush on this girl. And, he's, and he, he's ra- very... he rapes her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking about the... No, there's one story where there's this girl who's a rapper who lives with these multidimensional beings... Played, played by, by Hannibal Burris and, and uh, Ashley Larry, Donnell Rawlings. Donnell Sorry. Rawlings, yeah. Who I have a funny Donnell Rawlings story. Oh, okay. Um, and they're probably they're really fucking funny. Yeah, of course. And they, yeah. and she finds out that she's pregnant, and and in a very really gross way, Tim Heidecker explains to her that he that he uh, had sex with her sleeping true. body. That's true. Yeah. And then she wow. finds Fair. and Fair. she finds out that she's pregnant. Yeah. And and he tries to stop her from uh, having having the child, whether she gets to give or take the child. I'm not done. No, I wasn't gonna say anything. And um, that's even a bigger issue because in this country there are all these laws that say the father of the rapist can force you to keep the child. Mm-hmm. And and I just Tim Heidecker and their humor is so like you don't know when they're on and when they're off that it becomes like yo why is this the butt of the joke why is this girl getting date raped and impregnated the butt of the joke and then when he comes to uh, there's spoilers when he comes to like try to talk to her he gets like transformed to live permanently into their music video Mm -hmm. and then the aliens Without her permission, suck the baby out of her body and then they smoke it like a yeah, duck. Yeah, yeah. I have problems with this. I have that, and the the other the first story that ends at the end with with the next stuff. The how to get a head in advertising. Uh, yeah, the the mole on on the well. The boiler. I don't know. Just like I felt, there's a lot of. It, I just thought it was it. The misogyny in the movie bothered me. Mm-hmm. The the grotesque stuff didn't. Yeah, the grotesque stuff because didn't bother me. I've seen Satyricon. Sure. I've seen all the Hadarowski movies where he did all the weird yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I've seen. I fucking unfortunately saw Chaos. Mm-hmm. I saw. You ever see that movie? No. It's terrible. It's a, it's a, uh, Sage Stallone was was in it. He mm-hmm. pr- he produced it. It's like if it's like um, a remake of um, the first Wes Anderson movie. Bottle Rocket. No, not Wes. Wes Craven. First Wes, what the 
Nightmare on Elm Street? No. That was his first movie. No, the one where like the girls get taken advantage of. Oh, that wasn't his... Oh, Last House on the Left. Sorry. Last House on the Left. Sorry. It was like a remake of Last House on the Left that's just terrible. Ooh. And I've seen... And also, if you're like, oh, I want to make the grossest movie, I don't care. Because have you seen the German film Wetlands? No, I haven't. It is... You know, people talk so much about the gross-out humor of it, mm-hmm. but it's actually like a really touching film <clears throat> about love mm-hmm. and family and depression and sadness. And I fucking love that movie. And... There are certainly times where I'm just like, oh, I, I, I didn't need that. Yeah. But so, I thought the visuals were really cool, mm-hmm. and I liked the the second story, I guess, or the the, the kid the kid that feeds that feeds his poops to the to the forest yes. tree. Yes. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Am I, I I like the um. Oh, an Apex Twin. Providing music, provided yeah with um, Thundercat. And I also Flying Lotus and, and yeah. Kira Young. Um, I want to say his name right. Yeah, the the the, the Lexington Steel George Clinton one is, is my favorite. <clears throat> that part. No, uh, yeah, it's just like. But that's what I want to say, and let me be clear. I don't want to. My main problem with that movie is outside of the gross out stuff. It's this like kind of provocateur. Akira Yamawaka. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. There's this like provocative nature to it where it's like, oh, we're going to push buttons, where that's a little pretentious. Like, going into this movie, you know, oh, I'm not going to see a masterpiece. But what I do think, to, just to counter, because I'm, def- <laughs> I'm not trying to argue your, your point of view whatsoever, especially about the abortion uh, aspect of it and the rape uh, of it. I do feel, though, that that part is countered. There's a scene in, in the George Clinton segment that stars uh, Zach Fox, who actually co-wrote the movie with Flying Lotus. Um where they have this quick little banter, and that for me stood out more, where it's like, she's talking about the abortion she's going to have, and then he does this little, which is such a men, man thing to do, where he goes, yeah, but you know, and it's like, and she, yeah, but you know what, and he's like, it's just kind of messed, it's like, it's that, it's this thing that's like, only men do this when it comes to abortion, when it has nothing to do with them, it shows this side of like, where men are just like, they find out about a woman having an abortion, or something, and it's just like, yeah, but you know, and that always annoys the fuck out of me when men do that. And I like to think that that's—I don't want to give this movie too much credit for that—that uh, that, that gives too much thought. Although we're having a nice conversation about it, I do think that that scene speak vo- speaks volumes, and not, not so much counters, but it's the yin to the to the yang of what you were speaking about earlier. I I, I think I want <coughs> I, I do want films to like. I want people to make avant-garde films. Mm-hmm. And I certainly want people that aren't just like affluent white dudes to make avant-garde films. Yeah, yeah. I just wish like it wasn't always just, you know, with all this sort of like, yeah, just, I just didn't, I just didn't really like the, the treatment of women in the movie. Mm-hmm. And what I, another thing that was interesting was like, I was listening on the Hannibal Burris podcast Mm-hmm. Where, where if you're not listening, man, every he now has like a theremin and a moog and an auto tune and like a drum machine. It gets sort of musical. I have a note in my in my iPhone to start listening to that, I, and it's amazing I haven't. I yet. think he secretly wanted to be a musician, and he's starting to like really blossom. And the show's very good. I believe so. He's got. I mean, he went to college with Open Mike Eagle and Serengeti. Uh, and Serengeti. Okay. Okay. And he makes appearances on rap albums. He incorporates hip hop into his in, in, into to, his shows. I need, it's to, a, I need to call Serengeti back. We've shout been, out to Serengeti. We've been phone tag. He said he was going to be on the show yeah. this summer, but I don't know if he's been in the city. Your but, song "Haha." I feel like I listen to that song at least multiple times a week, and that's a fact. Um, but yeah, I just thought like it would have been you know a little. So he yeah he was basically able to make this movie because of working with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, and also over the years too. I, I don't think it was just working with Kendrick Lamar. I mean, K- he said Lamar. that he the budget that he spent on the money movie was largely from him working with Kendrick Lamar. That's what he. Said. Oh, that's oh that's oh okay. I, I thought you meant in terms of like a studio putting it out, it getting uh, di- di- distribution. You mean like the funds and the finances? Yeah, I mean... Oh, he, gotcha, his, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. studio gotcha. made gotcha. it, it was... Brain and, and, and it was it was put out by Shudder. Mm-hmm. Yes, so and, they, it, they, and they've been pushing it hard. Yeah, um, they, they didn't drop, you know, fucking show Entrance, bro. Yeah, really, really. Entrance is a perfect Shudder movie. 
seriously, you're dropping the ball. Yeah. Um, Thank you for following me, though, on Twitter. You're they awesome. Don't, they but don't, they don't follow me. Yeah. Oh, well, half thank you, then. I can't give you a full thank you, Shudder. I'm sorry. Cause, and especially because I was pushing Shudder. Yeah, right? Like, I, I, I literally pay for Shudder. I do Filmora. I do... Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Filmora's doing great. That's how I'm able to see, like, um, some of the the Martel. Um, Lucretia Martel. Yeah. We're going to be seeing her movie, uh, man, in like a month and a half. It's Dude, so I, far I saw, away. I, I can't fucking, wait. I saw fucking Headless Woman, bro. Oh, oh. And? Next episode. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Have you seen Holy Girl? Have you seen The Middle Child? No. Can you okay. can you give me the Academy screener? Yes. Because I can't. That, that one I had trouble finding. Damn oh, it. Nick, I can't. She is a talented director. She is. She is. And... Um, I heard I heard you got in a little trouble because you were writing about um, Alf, uh, Alfred Hitchcock and you weren't <coughs> just metaphorically sucking his dick the whole no. time. And I kind of, and I, I at the same time I kind of did. But uh, yeah, so for those that don't know, uh, that was a comma. I have a, <laughs> I have a, um, I have a few di- different homes outside of Pill and Empire and Zebras in America. I also, I guess you could say I'm the the. I'm the Jim Norton to uh, Chris Funderburg and John uh, John Cribbs is Op- Opie and Anthony. Sorry, that's the only thing I could think of. But um, yeah, I like to think I'm like the one of the main contributors to to, to to the site. So you wrote you wrote an article where you got a little steam. <clears throat> yes, and 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 well, the, you... the article just got uh, published a few hours ago, so it's all it's slowly coming in. And but basically, I got to back up because you, you the... but. This mm-hmm. is to get to Lucretia Martel. Yeah. You you refused you just refused to metaphorically suck his cock. Yeah. You didn't necessarily say his movies were I, bad. I said he was a legend. Yeah, it's legendary director. Yeah. But you you just were like you had a feeling. I and did. people are allowed to have feelings. Yes. Um like Lucretia Martel gives me like what I like the classic uh you know, Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. But but South American from a different lens and without actually having to be horrific. That's true. Her horror movies are just, yeah. Well, she has, strangely enough, they're very different, but she has a similarity to her, well, they're the same age, but Claire Denise been making movies a lot longer. The whole, the element of the unspoken is is how I like, like to describe filmmakers like that, where some shit goes down you're given just enough information. Yeah. Like, oh, something happened, but it's not like, hey, this happened. Like, you, you, there's there's a lot of. But also, those are two of my favorite filmmakers that I didn't even know about until I met you. That's awesome. Like, oh, I didn't so, even, like those are great. two, like, like, like Claire Denis, Lucretia Martel, probably my favorites doing it right now. The two of them, at least. Uh, at the very least, we may get a chance to shake both of their hands. Uh, uh, and and Eliza Hitman is going to be on my yes. list. Her movie's premiering next week. Um, I have a speaking of all that I have a surprise for you that I was saving while while we're recording uh, Mr. Kessler is going to be hanging out is coming here for the New York Film Festival he's going to be crashing here so, so we're going to have to be doing be, some New York Film Festival podcasting with him he'll be filming him. in for me yeah huh he'll be filling in for me while I'm away no what do you mean this is making a joke oh okay you had me uh, it's my, my little brain he's um yeah he's going to be our, our, our third mic we're going to be uh, that's going to be great him. I I, yeah. I, I have a feeling I love him. I, uh, you know, I just appreciate people who are just willing to like things. Yeah. You know, um, I shouldn't be talking about this, but you know, someone was, was bothering you on Twitter today and I wanted to just respond, but I chose against it. Yeah. Um, Uh, uh, and I think that was verified because Funderburg even commented to just before he knew I, he was like just let it go just just, just I was I was know. I was gonna I was gonna say I made a comment that that I was taught by an older by an older lady mm-hmm. one time when I was when I was like when I did something nice for no reason mm-hmm. she said you know I've never regretted being kind hmm so it's kind of what I say to when people are acting a fool acting like an asshole it's like I've never regretted being kind yeah I have but that's my problem I like that statement uh, 
I wish I, I want to live that. It, it's a statement I want to live by. Yeah. Shout out to my neighbors. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I figure like so. I also I finally saw um. Uh, Bergman's Wild Strawberries. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like we could talk about that next week. Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try to see some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Also, next week, I, we might be recording a other person's podcast. so We will be. We will be. Yeah. So, um, I'll prob- I might be doing homework for that, but then there's News From Home, Chantel Ackerman, and then there was the, you know, the Arquette Desca, the Arquette yeah. Desca movie. Yes. <laughs> Top movie I was talking about. Um, and, you know, yeah, Bye Bye Monkey was a heartbreak. Sort of a metaphor of New York City and capitalism. And how I feel about New York City these days. Uh, I still love New York City. You can't take it away. Sure. How I feel about New York City right now is like it's Alfred Hitchcock. I I understand how great and amazing it is, but it's just not for me. But Anymore, the, rather. That's also like how I feel about bacon. Like I, I acknowledge that she it's it. delicious, but I think it's a little overrated. Nah. And I shouldn't have too much of it. Okay, well that's true. Overrated doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. Uh, Ocho was cute, but but it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Dark Dark Tower got to find a balance. You got to get some of the really cool characters from the book. Um, Moana, just like I've been on this island, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't find me uh, at my website again because it got hacked by fucking Ru- Russian hackers again. Sons uh, of bitches. I know because I have like this important job where being able to show my website right now is really important. So I'm meeting with my engineer slash web developer slash sort of manager to talk about it all. Okay. Where can people find Cut you? Cut it out, Putin. Uh, you can find me on uh, pinlandempire.com, pink smoke, uh, at pinland underscore empire. Um, yeah, right now, yeah, I've just, I have a slew of like new writings. If you're reading this right now, there's a 24-hour old, fresh off the presses piece that I uh, wrote about uh, Bertrand Bonello's Teresia that's on my site right now go check that out and then just today uh, I just put out a, a thing for Pink Smoke and then in a couple of weeks I'm working on another big piece I do these cinema of entries and my next one I'm very proud of it it's done but I'm holding off until the beginning of September because I still want you guys to go and digest the cinema of Peter Greenaway part one uh, more and more so yeah yeah I need to I need to learn more of that and, uh, you know, from this bridge alone, we'll remodel these days of ours. I've been staring at the edge of the water Long as I can remember Never really knowing why I wish I could be the perfect daughter But I come back to the water No matter how hard I try Every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to the place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. See the light where the sky meets the sea, it calls me, and no one knows how far it goes. If the wind in my sail on my sea stays behind me One day I'll know If I go there's just no telling how far I'll go And let me know